I am honored to be joined tonight by two people who inspire me a lot right here in Connecticut. The first being Maddie Abraham, who is a formerly incarcerated resident of New Haven with the organization Untreated Citizens. And I'm also joined by Michael Bram, who is a formerly incarcerated resident of New Haven as well and has worked with Full Citizens Coalition, Stop Solitary CT, and Yale's Access to Law School program. So it is an honor and a pleasure to be joined by Maddie and Michael. Can you guys hear me? Yes, yes. Thank you for having me, brother. Yeah, good evening, Mike. Thank you guys so um, much. I, 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 sorry about that. I would be remiss if I if I didn't mention, um, you know, my my employer, Alexander Talbot, civil rights attorney in New Haven as well. Second, that that's that's what I was thinking as well. Is like also to give a shout to Alex, um, one of the um, most influential lawyers right now in Connecticut. I think in the work that he's doing, you know, fighting the fight to get fathers out of prison, getting our brothers and sisters out of prison. So, big shout to Alex. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's I, I've been grateful to be joined by by Alex in conversation on this program a couple times recently and, and definitely a big shout out to Alex for all the work that he does, which inspires me a lot as well as the work that the two of you guys are, are doing and have been doing as well as your, your stories and your personal journeys, um, which we're going to get into and which is also, you know, all this obviously is connected, all these issues. And that's why we're here, here tonight to have this conversation because there's some, some updates and some important things going on at the state capitol in Hartford. And I thought it'd be good to start chronologically in terms of some of the recent events that have been taking place. And, you know, feel free to to speak from, obviously, your personal experiences and, and whatever you want to share from your journeys and your stories. Um, but to start off, Maddie, I was wondering if you could actually speak a little bit about uh, the press conference that happened on Tuesday, March 7th. Uh, which saw a group of Republican state legislators basically calling upon the state of Connecticut to slow uh, slow the commutations process uh, outright. Um, they it, it was a very alarming press conference, and they were basically calling out what they saw as a as a a recent dramatic increase in the number of commutations here in Connecticut. And it was a yeah, it was just a very there was a lot of charged language and, and there was just a lot that was happening there. And so that press conference that took place on Tuesday, March 7th, that was held by and organized by Republican legislators. I was wondering if you could speak about that, Maddie, and uh, share your thoughts as far as the, some of the context with that and, uh, and what took place. The most important thing to underline when they came out with that uh, show of power was that, it was a show of like white power. You get what I'm saying? Like a lot of people say we're in a post-racial society and that, you know, white power, white logics don't dominate our institution. That that's a false narrative. And what the Republicans showed when they came out there was a white power. And then they show what they also showed was how white power can still structure or have 
a say so in communities that's not even of their communities. And that's something that's being lost as well. It was like, yo, Carlton Giles was taking these these commutations and, you know, allowing men and women to come home and return back to black and brown communities. And the people that was being released into the, our communities had nothing to do with any one of the Republicans that was out there on that protest. Like, we wasn't returning to their communities. But they could show you through these little signs, like, if you pay attention, like, yo, we 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 still dominate this this country. Like, we still show white, white power. And, you know, for them to um, come out there and show that and then for the governor to um, succumb to that only means that, you know, he represents white power. You know what I'm saying? So people don't get lost on what they showed us when they came out there. Like, it was more than just, you know, them coming out there saying, stop the commutations. That's one thing. But they was also showing you, like, the dominance that they have throughout the state and in these institutions through white power. Because if it was a, if it was the people of color, black and Latinx out there making them demands, and then she was on the other foot, Governor Lamont wouldn't have, um, he wouldn't have succumbed to that. So that's that's my feelings about that protest or whatever they want to call it. Thank you for, for sharing that and for naming all that, Maddie. Um, and so, you know, after that press conference, there was, you know, like you said, there, you know, there was a activity that took place and eventually some decisions made by governor Lamont. And in the, in the interim, there were, you know, a couple of weeks later, there were a series of hearings at the state Capitol, um, including about some pieces of legislation that we can also speak about. But one of the hearings in particular was about whether or not to renominate the chair of the board and the board of pardons and proles, Carlton Giles, to be, you know, in that same position again, to be renominated and return to the board as chair. And there was a, they were also, I believe, uh, asking questions of some of the other board members that were in positions on the board. But with the hearing of, of Carlton Giles specifically, that was a very important moment. And it was a very uh, intense moment. And Mike, I was wondering if you could speak a bit about that, about that hearing that day uh, where the chair of the Board of Pardons and Paroles, Carlton Giles, was being questioned by the Senate Judiciary Committee up in Hartford. Yeah, um, I remember that day vividly. Like, um, I gave testimony there that day. Um, and I don't mean to correct you, but was, wasn't it a... Uh, Confirmation hearing, I think, was it? Was it? Wasn't it a confirmation hearing? I think it was. I think he eventually had to. He eventually withdrew his nomination. Like he had, he had the nomination already. And um, you know, like like Maddie just said, uh, the government the governor succumbed to you know pressures that came from um, you know, a couple of families who. You know, it's important to note that, like, you know, the the, the person who 
harmed them and their, their family or their, their loved ones, that person didn't even get a compensation hearing, right? They filed an application. Those two, those two individuals, they filed applications and were denied initially by the board. So it, it didn't go to a, a pre-screen and it didn't go to a full hearing, right? Um, and like Maddie said, those two families and the pressure that they were able to exert has us in a situation now where commutations has have, have been, you know, indefinitely uh, halted, right? And you got, you know, gentlemen who have, you know, served two and a half plus decades in prison who had hearings scheduled. Those hearings have now, those hearing dates have now come and gone. If I may, right? What happened to Carlton Giles during that confirmation hearing, right? He he went in there, you know, and the Republicans took aim at him and basically lashed him out. You know what I'm saying? Basically um, punished him, kind of like try to demean him, not even try, they demeaned him, um, tried to show incompetence of Carlton Giles, um, tried to show that Carlton Giles, Carlton Giles was um, some type of rogue government employee who did things on his own. I filed for, or I applied for a commutation I want to say three to four times during the 25 years that I spent in prison from, from 96 to 2021. And each one was denied. Um, the majority of them were denied under a different um, chairperson than Giles. Giles denied the last, well, Giles was on the board when the last one was, was denied. And that was denied in, in uh, February of 2019, right? And so, like, this is important because during the hearing, during these hearings and in and, and, and the press, right, the narrative is being spun that, um, you know, our state had uh, a policy of, you know, letting out, uh, commuting uh, one to two sentences a year or something like that. Some, some, some nonsense that I heard in, in the press, right? I can attest that, you know, our state wasn't commuting sentences, right? They just wasn't doing it for for the majority of the time that I was locked up. They weren't commuting sentences. I can I can I can know of know of two people who sentences got commuted. And it was two women. Um, one woman was like she had served like 40, 40 years, and another one, you know, she served like ten years. She was very young at the time of her crime. Um, but that's it, right? They weren't they weren't commuting sentences, you know. And I and I yeah. Know, what was that? What was the thing they were showing us during that time of that hearing when um, Carlton Giles was being confirmed? Like that, that, that was a representation of something because again, they brought your point up about oh, it was a floodgate of what Carlton Giles was doing, and they tried to make him become this rogue. Um, no, no, no. I know. I'm, I'm agreeing with you Matthew, because no, no, I'm not know. disagreeing with you. I'm saying what I'm saying is. The point that Mike Mike asked the question, mm-hmm. and he said, being in that hearing, what did that 
what did it feel like or like what, what was I mean yeah, that's that felt like what what people have been calling it. People people some people were calling it a public lynching or you know, whatever, but because like you said, it was they was they, you know, one of the questions I heard was did you what what happened? You just woke up one day and decided that got it into your head that we weren't giving enough commentations out, and you just started just giving out commentations. That was a you know that was a very disrespectful question, and it was like, um, you know, it was like it was like, yeah, it was demeaning. You you chose the, the perfect word the first time, demeaning, right? And and trying to show like like you said, just in imply this this incompetence, but. What really was the with the issue is during the Malloy administration, there was there was this time of reform. That's what that's what people were calling it reform. This reform movement. Me personally, I believe it was more economics. Right, we were in we were inside, and you know we can track the periods when it was like bad economic times for the state, and when it got really bad it was when the state started talking about amending the laws to. Um, bring back, repeal the good time um, uh, statute, or not the repeal of it, but just remove the repeal. It was repealed years ago, and they wanted to reverse it. They wanted to, you know, give good time again. And unfortunately, what happened? Same thing like like what we're talking about now. The Cheshire home invasion happened, where two white guys went to the, to a home and, and killed uh, a white family, terrorized a white family. And then what happened? The backlash was that. Everyone on parole or probation was swept off of the street. The majority of the people that are on parole or probation, you know, are black and brown people. Those people suffer because of the decisions of two other people. And so that's the same thing that's kind of happening now. You've got white people who feel some type of way or they have voiced some objection, and there's no... There's no, I don't want to say there's no debate because it's, it's, I mean, it's, we, we, it's put out there as there's some debate, but all of the stakeholders aren't at the table. Let's say that. You know what I mean? People who, people who are really involved, I mean, really impacted by this, their opinion is not being sought out or, you know, they're not at the table for whatever reason. You know, and so because it's a table that's uninviting to our, to people from, our communities um, being released. So you got a few brothers out here that's, you know, doing some great things to, to note Gaylord Salters, Jay Sheen Perry, um, Ray C, um, Ray Boyd. Uh, uh, there's some brothers out here doing remarkable things that did things. Clyde, Clyde Meekle. Clyde Meekle. Edward Andrews. You have the intel you have the people that's coming home and saying yo these dudes is doing something that hasn't been done before why aren't they at the table hear their voices out because they the ones that's out here and benefited from that why their voices ain't at the table why republicans ain't called them and say yo let's talk about this process and hear what them brothers got to say about those brothers that's coming up for these commutations them sisters that's coming up from these 40s commutations. You know what I'm saying? So that table is unavailable to us. And that's the thing. That's why I wanted to point out the, um, the note that say, yo, this is, this is white power that's being strong, that's being shown in this state. We get lapsed and think that, you know, it's a democratic state. 
You know what I mean? They allow you to have a tablet, TVs, or whatever in your cell. They let you do all this other stuff, and then you fly by thinking that, like, this state ain't racist. That's window dressing. They showing you. They stood out there in front of the Capitol and showed their power because nobody was returning to their communities. None of these dudes, and the dudes that's returning home, they're not even committing no, they're not doing nothing. The dudes is doing great work. So when you got these people coming out and saying, oh, this is floodgates, and Alex made a great point, it's 9,000 inmates in Connecticut, 9,000 inmates in Connecticut or so. And it was only 70 commutations, 70 some commutations granted. What y'all talking about? What y'all talk? What y'all really talking about? A floodgate? Seventy people? We know. I I hear what y'all talking about. Seventy people. Seventy people that did decades in prison. Right. I hear what they talking about, and that's something that I think needs to be pointed out. Is that yo? It's 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 is it racial? Hell yeah! Before economics, anything else is racial. There might be some people who aren't familiar with commutations and, and what it means to, you know, what that means and what that looks like, quote unquote, early release, someone being, you know, released through a form of clemency or a form of, of relief, um, which really comes from mercy, right? It's, we're talking about mercy. We're talking about second chances. And so I was wondering if you could, if the two of you could briefly speak about second chances and, and mercy and operating from a place, you know, tr- treating people with dignity and operating from, you know, cause that's what Carlson Giles se- seemed to me to be doing, operating from a place of, uh, of compassion in, in his role, uh, with what he was doing. And, uh, but because of everything that, that you both named, it wasn't, ta- you know, by certain legislators and by certain people, it wasn't taken as that. It wasn't taken as, he was operating with compassion and with with dignity and mercy. It was taken as something different. So I was wondering if you could both talk about that. Talk about second chances and mercy, and uh, and then also if you could talk about the upcoming event that's going to be happening um, on Wednesday, May seventeenth. When you think about mercy, you think about who deserves mercy, right? Brian Stevens said that mercy belongs to those that's really like the undeserving. That people look at and they say, well, the, yo, he's undeserving. But if you're looking at that person, you're saying, why is that person undeserving? Now you got to pick and probe and see why, why, is, why are they saying this person's undeserving, right? And you realize that this person done been through hell throughout his whole life. He's been tra- traumatized throughout his whole life. He's living in a, a, a community that's structured by our state his whole entire life, right? And then you start to hear these stories. Like, I could tell my story, and people are like, oh, that's, this guy had a terrible childhood. Like, oh, no wonder. You know what I'm saying? But that's only after the fact. And them hearings, Carlton Giles was hearing these people's stories. And he was tapping in. He was like, at the end of the day, yo, he, he tapped into his humanity. Say, yo, this person was undeserving at one point in time. And I'm going to show mercy, right? He was showing mercy. 
Republicans they ain't trying to show no mercy. They ain't trying to show no mercy. But you ask them about all the wrongs that they did. They want you to show mercy. Why? When you can't show mercy. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I don't know if Mike got something yeah. he wants to say. That's yeah. dope, man. Um, that's a tricky topic for me, you know, because, you know, I got, obviously, there are victims in my, for, for, for the offense that I went to prison for. You know what I mean? And so, you know, because of my poor choice, somebody lost their life and a family had to live had to live without that person for forever, right? And so, you know, to ask for forgiveness, that's that's you know, that's not something that you can do. You just gotta if 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 forgiveness and mercy comes, it comes, right? You know, I, I, I gotta say that. But what God was doing, obviously, I think it was a good thing. I think it is a good thing because second chances, you know, we all deserve second chances, you know, especially when it's something that happened when a, when a person was very young. You know what I mean? Um, we just we just know that young people are built different. So, in honor of you know the work that Carl Giles is doing, Barbara Fair and South Solitary CT is holding uh, an event. It's Wednesday, May the seventeenth at nine thirty to ten thirty. At the legislative office building, one B. Uh, you know, I encourage everybody to come out and show this state, show the Republicans, show the governors. You know that you support second chances. You support second chances. You support Carlton Giles and the work that he was doing on the part on the uh, the board of paroles. Can I say something else real quick that I, I, I you know I want to point out because. Well, you asked the question about mercy. So I didn't come home by way of a commutation. I came home through a sentence modification, right? And um, the victim's mother in my case, Marcelino Rivera's mom, Mrs. Rodriguez, was against my commutation, right? I mean, against my sentence modification, pardon me. And, and, then, and you could take that and say I was undeserving in her mind. It wasn't no mercy because she was against it and she didn't know anything that I had done up until that hearing. And her position was, nah, she was against it. But through the hearing, when she got a chance to hear the things that I've been able to accomplish with my life while being incarcerated and then come in the opportunities I had coming home. At the end of my hearing, she told the judge to let me out. She showed mercy. She showed mercy. And this is this is somebody's mother where I'm responsible for her son no longer being on this earth. I created that reality for her. And she was able to tap in and show mercy. These Republicans, I don't know what's in their heart. But what I know is not in their heart is mercy. It's not in their heart. So what else is it? Why do you want to continue to have a say so in our communities? What is what is your what is your end game? Those are the questions we need to ask. Why y'all because everybody that's coming home and doing their thing in New Haven, the community love it. 
They champion that. They calling for more of that. So why y'all trying to disturb that? Tell the people really why y'all trying to disturb that. Come on, man. Everybody open your eyes, open your ears. See what these people really trying to do, man. We not post-racial in this state like we see it, it may seem. Wednesday, May 17th, 9.30 to 10.30, Legislative Office Building, 300 Capitol Avenue, Room 1B. Please come out and support. 